how can you not be romantic about baseball? Swinging a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I gotta, I gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. A baseball first podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... Beer! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. You are listening to Booze and Baseball with Derek Johnson. I am Dust Baker. Pull up a seat and sit with us here at our bar. Let's talk some ball. Derek, let's get right into this thing here because we've got a very special guest coming up in just a moment. What are you drinking this evening? I got something special tonight. This is Left Hand Brewing Company. It is a French toast milk stout. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I'm going to go a little, little weird on this. It's actually very, very good. I've had some of it. French toast, man. I don't know if I can like process like drinking French toast. So it, 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 take me through that. Is that okay? Yeah, you get kind of the the maple like syrupy. You get the I don't know the powdered sugar like a little. It's not like overly sweet, but it's like it's like a sweetened Guinness, like a sweetened cinnamony maple syrupy Guinness. I think would be a way of describing it. It's very good. Okay, if there's like an MLB player you could relate that to, I mean, I I can't even honestly think about it. It sounds like it's got multiple features to it. Are we talking like a Trey Turner kind of thing, or is is it not that good? Uh, I probably have to go with it's Left Hand Brewing Company, right? So I get a lefty. I got to get with a lefty in there. Um, but you know, I I don't know. This might be too much, but uh, Shohei Otani. It's six percent alcohol, so you're getting a lot done. It's powerful. But that, not like that powerful, but, you know, enough. And uh, it's very good. And it's left-handed, I guess. Okay. Honestly, on the spot, that was pretty good. I, my player is very easy to attribute my drink to. Uh, in honor of the man returning back to L.A., I've got Clayton Kershaw's very own drink here. Uh, this is the second time on the pod that I've had this baby. And uh, it was great the first time. It's called Kershaw's Wicked Curve. The coolest thing about this is when you purchase this, all funds go to his actual foundation, uh, the Kershaw Foundation. So I, I'm very excited to uh, bring this baby back out. Uh, for round two and uh, obviously it's nothing unfamiliar as Clayton Kershaw is also incredibly familiar I also want to give a shout out to my former colleague Mary Margaret this is a cup that she gave me a while back it's got my man Ron Swanson on it and uh, naturally it has to say there's no wrong way to consume alcohol and Ron Swanson could not be more correct about that so here we go Derek cheers to you and also we're going to give a cheers to our buddy Miguel Cabrera because this is the final year Miguel Cabrera will be playing in the MLB. I also want to give a cheers as well to our guest. Uh, it's not his first time as well on the show. How about Ronnie Bedrosian joining us a second time? He joined us a year ago. Ronnie continuing to work for the Milwaukee Brewers. He is the coordinator of technology. And uh, here we are, Ronnie. Welcome back to the show, man. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. I know the first one was uh, quite a long time ago, so it's good to be back. It was a little bit ago. Uh, we caught you in a very <laughs> interesting circumstance. You're actually about to board a flight right now. I know that this is kind of a crazy time of the year for you, but it's the off season. So what is Ronnie Bedrosian doing in the off season right now? Uh, correct. So things work pretty calm for me on my end, but then winter meetings is always just chaos for three or four days. So uh, I flew into San Diego this week. Um, a lot of my duties here, vendor meetings, uh, meeting with all of our partners that, you know, we use on the minor league side. Um, and then I did probably 30 interviews for uh, for some intern candidates for this year. So guys that are going to be kind of living with our affiliates this year and traveling and getting all of our data and technology needs. So that was uh, that was a majority of my week. So crazy busy. But yeah, looking forward to you know getting a good group hired and uh Getting, getting some time off now over the holidays. For people who are, are curious about what that title entails and, and kind of working around baseball, because a lot of people, you know, that, that might be a dream of theirs to, to get into or whatnot. Uh, like, what is what are some of the things that you're doing day to day? What are some of the cool things that you get the opportunity to do? Yeah, so a lot of my role is uh, managing basically all on-field data technology. So pitch tracking data, player tracking data, um, all of our video that our players watch in game, um, post-game all the stuff they're using to get better. We set up, you know, different cameras for bullpens, uh, different tracking systems for bullpens. So guys can, you know, tinker with their stuff on the mound. Uh, it's just, we're, we're a way for those guys to improve. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, tech work. So it, it kind of is what it sounds like. Um, basically anything on field technology related is kind of under our umbrella. Um, and that has a wide range of topics. Ronnie, Derek and I obviously know how hard you've worked to get to this point. Uh, we knew all along baseball was kind of where you were going to land, uh, even from playing alongside you to obviously seeing where you've gone now. Uh, you've had a lot of great experiences with the Milwaukee Brewers. Can you just take us through maybe one of those really cool stories that you have from your time so far working with Milwaukee? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. So I started in 2019 with us just as – the position that I'm now hiring for, which is pretty cool. Um, so I was in AAA with our team, and that was the year Keston got called up. So this is the easy story, Dusty, but that was being around when Keston got called up for the first time was pretty cool. As, you know, we grew up with him, so that was definitely really cool. Um, but just just the I mean the day to day, it's what people people dream about doing, right? Like you can walk out on any given day and watch Cy Young winners throw bullpens and um, just be around the crew. Um, say definitely one of the higher points. So far was this past year, I had to fill in for our major league guy. And um, so I got to fly to L.A. and go to a, a series at Dodger Stadium and really work with the big league team for a whole week, take the big league flight to back to Milwaukee and work a series with the Cubs. So just being around those guys and now getting some time in the major league clubhouse is definitely probably probably my favorite part so far. I don't know if if being around a week is enough to kind of figure this out, but there's been so much noted about a guy like J.D. Martinez and how he's kind of used that technology side of it to to really progress his career. But was there a player or a couple of players that really stood out to you about how they used that technology side to really enhance their game? Yeah, 100%. So that was um, a lot of our guys are really in-depth with this stuff, right? Um, it's not new to them anymore. So And a lot of these guys, they kind of came up in the minors with it. Um, definitely one guy who loves it and will just dive into it and go into the weeds is definitely Corbin. Um, he, when we were in LA, he had his start and the next day he, you know, I pulled up a computer for him and I think he sat outside with his notebook, writing notes and 
watching every pitch that he threw probably three or four times. He was on the computer for like two hours. So just diving into the pitch data, movement data, um, kind of figuring out, you know, what went well for him that night, what didn't go so well. Um, and then just really, you know, continuing to improve. He's got that journal that, you know, he takes his notes in and he's just a, a pro in every aspect of the game. And I think that's, that's why, you know, he, he dives into that stuff pretty heavy. Ronnie, you've had the chance, obviously, to work with such a great rotation over there. You also have Woodruff that's through there. Uh, Freddie Peralta, obviously, has suffered a little bit with injuries, but at his height, I mean, he's as good as it gets in the league, too. To be around specifically the Milwaukee rotation and, and seeing how pitchers develop, uh, because it's no no joke that they are able to develop talent through and through and to watch their development. How, how has that been for you to kind of be there from start to finish as far as you've seen that full development of guys like Corbin Burns. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. I think that 2019 year two, I had Corbin Burns in triple a. So um, you definitely see some of the best guys in baseball. I mean, obviously Cy Young winners and what could be, we could have multiple Cy Young winners on staff by, you know, maybe the end of this year. Um, hopefully maybe Cor- maybe Corbin gets another one. Maybe Woody gets one. Um, yeah, the watching those guys work, it's so just entertaining, I would say, because, I mean, you grow up obviously a baseball fan and then you see these guys work at their craft, you know, on a daily basis. And some of the stuff that they talk about, I mean, these guys are very highly knowledgeable individuals um, and they, they by, the, by that stage, like they have their own process. They know what works for them. So they're kind of able to do things on their own to get them better. And then watching them do, you know, bullpen sessions with our pitching coaches is basically, I just kind of sit back there and just grin because it's, it's so fun to watch. Um, One of those things, like you always wanted to be a fly on the wall and that's kind of what I am now at times during those types of bullpens. So um, yeah, we've got, we're lucky with three, three very, very good options at the top. So, um, but then that's not even to take away from, you know, the, the, back end of the rotation right now we've got we've got kind of dudes all over the place we've got Aaron Ashby who's very high ceiling guy who you know he's still fairly fairly new in the big league level so um that could click at any moment we could see someone that uh, is kind of that next 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 in line for us when you look at the Brewers minor league system a lot of really interesting prospects that, that could be up as as soon as this year but Certainly the guy with, I don't know, seemingly uh, maybe catching a lot of people's eye right now is Jackson Churio. What's kind of sense around uh, from from your angle of things and, and from inside the organization about what this kid could be? Yeah, I mean, he has taken off in the last, you know, year or two. Um, just an absolute baller. Like, to, he's a, one of those guys that's just a gamer. He hits everywhere he goes, and it takes him no time to adjust, it seems like, so far he's kind of flown through the ranks. So yeah, we're definitely, definitely very excited about what's to come with him. Um, still really young. So, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of growth for him still, but uh, we're definitely very excited about what he could be. Ronnie, the future of this Brewers team, it, it's a little difficult from the outside looking in to kind of see exactly what the direction is because you have this really solid, talented, rather deep rotation uh, but then the Brewers obviously send off Hunter Renfro. Uh, there's been talks of Willie Adamas possibly being traded. You know, it, it just, it, you see Josh Hader going this past year. From your perspective, and, and obviously being there day in, day out, what, what direction is this organization headed in? Yeah, we're, we're still, I mean, we're still in it, right? Like, we're not, it by no means is this a rebuild or anything. Um, we're definitely, we still have the, the tools to compete. I mean, we were one game out of a playoff spot last year. So 
Um, it was unfortunate kind of how the year ended. Um, we've got some really, really talented young guys coming up that I think could make an impact this year, which I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of some, some homegrown talent. We got to see the breakout of Garrett Mitchell a little bit uh, last year before uh, before the end of the season. So I think, you know, guys like him, possibly Bryce Terang, maybe making it up for uh, some point this year, making a debut. So I think, I think our homegrown guys could really, you know, help us take off this year. And I think kind of flying under the radar in that, since a little bit um you know there been no no splash moves i would say um i know we traded colton long the other day and got some you know peace in return that we're excited about so um yeah there i mean we've got some really good homegrown young talent that we're we're really excited about well you guys are obviously the the brewers this is booze and baseball um i guess just most important question for me can you smuggle me some spotted cow I I wish if I was Milwaukee based, I I can't even smuggle that back to Arizona. Um, But I make sure to, you know, have have at least a couple when I'm up there. Ronnie, kind of going off of that, uh, we got to know for your end, because you've done a phenomenal job. Um, We we have to hear what is the Ronnie drink now? Because a year and a half ago, I think when we did it with you last time, I'm guessing that the taste buds have changed. The uh, the drinking habits maybe have changed. I, I'm not sure. What, what is what is Ronnie's life now as far as uh, the drinking life? What is the go to drink when we buy it for you the next time we see you? Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty pretty simple guy, right? Like just I I mean I've always been the same. Like nothing nothing too fancy. I do probably lean more towards the the Crown and Dr Pepper now a little bit. Um, okay. So that's that's kind of my go to. But I'm still you know a couple beers at night, just simple Coors Light, Bud Light, just nice and. Nice and smooth. Nothing, well, nothing crazy. I do. I mean, I get into the, the blonde ales a little bit. Um, you know, I like going to local breweries, like nothing, nothing fancy, but I like the, you know, the, the tasty beers, the not just water essentially. Right. Well, we're going to make sure next time we have you on the show, we'll, we'll catch you at a time when you can also have a drink as well. We, we really appreciate the time, Ronnie. Uh, really excited to see what you've been able to do and grow. Uh, obviously, we all three went to high school together, and um, we're just very fortunate to have somebody like you growing the way that you have, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you continue to grow within the Milwaukee system. Best of luck this year. Have a safe flight, and uh, we'll send you a drink or two as well. All right. I appreciate that, guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh... – Go frogs this uh, this next month, right? Go frogs! You can't, you cannot speak my language any better. We'll we'll go horns too for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was Ronnie Bedrosian of the Milwaukee Brewers. Derek, it was great having him on here. Uh, really good insight right there, and uh, excited to see what he can do at the uh, the MLB level still. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's going to continue to climb the ranks. Hardworking kid knows his stuff, so uh, love seeing what he's doing over there, and, and some cool insight too with the Brewers. Continues every time for us. Uh, Ronnie's one of our friends of the show. We're happy to have him. How about this, Derek? We're going to go to our chug and look back at its stats. Uh, On December the 7th, which is the day of recording, we're going to go back to 2018. And I think 29 people, 29 fan bases, I should say, would be laughing at this. One fan base will not be. The Washington Nationals signed Patrick Corbin to a six-year deal worth $140 million. Of course, at this time of the year, this is when all the mega deals are signed. But man, Derek, when you look back at it, is that the worst deal that's been signed over the last four years? Gosh, uh, when was the Strasburg one signed? That was pretty bad, too. That was that one. That one's a little different because Strasburg's had a bunch of injuries. And who knows, he could still come back at some point and be like a like he's not going to be the guy we remember, but could he come back and be like a productive starting pitcher? He could be. Um, 
but also Strasburg did have injury stuff in the past. So it's not like that. That wasn't totally known. That, that one is certainly up there. The Patrick Corbin one certainly up there. I mean, when was the Jordan Zimmerman one? Was that six years ago? Five With years the, ago? That might be yeah, outside the time. That was a pretty horrible one as well. I mean, you look back at some of these and it's like, okay, time has definitely passed by. And some of these organizations have really taken a hit like, that Jordan Zimmerman signing was awful. Um, you look at what happened to Detroit with their signings there. Javier Baez is one that kind of comes to mind now as, as another bad one for the Tigers. But I, in my head, I do think this is the worst signing over the last four years. So when I saw that, that this day marks four years since that signing, I mean, that's, that's pretty significant that there is still two more years left on that contract for a team that's not competing the nationals really did themselves in financially. And it's just crazy because imagine if they re-signed Anthony Rendon, what kind of catastrophic catastrophic situation they'd be in if uh, their finances would be allocated to these three players of Rendon, obviously Corbin and Strasburg. So at least for them, they avoided uh, re-signing Rendon because this would be an absolute nightmare for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I think this is a good uh, cautionary tale a bit for, Teams interested in signing certain starting pitchers out there. Now, Corbin, I think, was going into his, what, age 32 season when he was a free agent that year. Um, and he was a guy who kind of was a late bloomer. So I, I don't know if this is a signal to avoid long-term contracts with pitchers to begin with, uh, unless they're just, like, freaks. Or, like, I don't know, is it, does it signal anything to Carlos Rodon for you? Like, would you be afraid to give him a five- or six-year deal? It is interesting. That's a name that kind of popped in my head, uh, a guy that just has had recent success. And, you know, I've been a believer in Carlos Rodon for a while, but we haven't really seen that top tier elite, you know, top of the rotation talent from him until just recently. And it's kind of the same thing as what was Corbin uh, when he was with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that's actually a really good point there, Derek. Um, it's to be determined, of course, and, and we'll wait and see what happens. But a guy like Rodon, is very interesting to monitor for that reason. Very similar projecting as far as kind of where they walked into the free agency. And of course, you know, you just never know with starting pitchers. You just never know. With that being said, we're going to go to our new to the bar segment. And man, Derek, there are a lot that are new to the bar. I'm just going to tackle the top one real quickly here. We'll go AL East all the way to NL West. And it all starts with the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, he re-signs with the Yankees. It's a nine-year deal with $360 million. Really quickly, how mad are you? Mm. So honestly, like this whole process, I knew the Giants had a shot at it, but I did not actually think they'd get him. I, I thought that it would be someone else, probably the Yankees. And then yesterday happened, and at least yesterday as of time of recording here. And the report from John Heyman, Arson Judge going to sign with the Giants. And then he cracks himself, Aaron Judge. And then like 10 minutes later, sorry, I jumped the gun. But even at that point, after you had seen the initial tweet, you were like, oh, he's going to the Giants. Like, this is probably just like they're, I don't know, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. And then when I woke up this morning, saw that he didn't sign with it, I was crushed. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Today at work sucked. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, I, I really am. Like, and this is from a Dodgers fan to a Giants fan. Like, I'm genuinely sorry because I would be – painfully crushed to uh, you know you think that you have this guy 
a MVP breaks the home run record in the AL. You know, people are comparing him to, oh, well, where's Barry Bonds and all this. And, and, you know, you could bring him to San Francisco. Yesterday, sorry to interrupt. Yesterday was the 30 year anniversary of when we signed Barry Bonds from the Pirates. It, it was working out so perfectly. All of it makes sense for the Giants to sign him too. I, I really am shocked. I, I, I've got to be honest. Um, and we'll get to what our free agent picks were uh, from the last show. But I had Judge going to the Giants. I did. I, I truly saw that being a fit. And so I'm a little surprised. I'm also really surprised about the report about the Padres, who offered him $412 million, and he turned that down. Now, I do understand that the money that you make in California versus what you'd make elsewhere is going to be different because you have taxes. But was a little surprised at the fact the Padres just all of a sudden that report came out. But at, at the end of the day, it seemed like it was a battle between the Yankees and Giants. And and we don't really know exactly what the cause was for Judge to resign. Was it a loyalty thing? Was it a comfortability thing? But we can all agree that John Heyman, that was really unprofessional. Um, I don't even think he really even came out and apologized. You, you, you do realize, but Derek and I are both journalists. Okay, we're both reporters in our own right. And that's something that could get us canned. I mean, really, like that kind of tweet could get us fired. So it really fires me up. You know what it signals to me? I actually think that John Heyman, his source is somebody inside the Yankees. And I I don't know if he's like a Yankees fan or what, or he's, I don't know, kind of carrying their water to a certain regard. I think a lot of the reports that you saw come out over the course of this last week there weren't reports as much about the Yankees or really the Padres till the day he actually signed and they made that last push. It was more so about a team in hand has this offer or the Giants are about to sign him or the Giants have this or that on him. And I wonder how much of that was just a game played by sources within Aaron Judge's party to basically try to get the the price tag to launch up for the Yankees side. Yeah, I, I think that's a very logical reasoning right there. Uh, whatever it was, John Heyman straight up played into it. I'm I'm not happy with him. I'm not going to lie. I'm not happy with him because from just a reporting standpoint, from what Derek and I went to college for, what's the first thing they tell you? Don't assume, get it right, no cliches. That's what my professor who's now actually working at St. Bonnie's, uh, Aaron Chimble, shout out to him. He taught me that. That's the first thing that comes to mind. So what am I going to do? I'm going to get it right. What What is John Heyman doing? I don't know. It, it it infuriates me. I am sorry, Derek. I really am. We could rant about this. I know all day and we probably will on our next show. Um, I'm going to let it not like fester within you though. And we'll try to move on and uh, we'll, we'll reconvene when the fury and anger. Cause I, I, I know I, I could just, I could look at you right now and I see, it, it, you know, that <laughs> <I'm meme>. so <laughs> mad. there's, there's that meme where, it shows like, oh, I'm good on the outside, but dead on the inside. I I, I know the feeling. So we're going to move on. We're going to move on to the next one. And we'll be quicker on these. The Red Sox, they make a move for Masataka Yoshida. They also signed Kenley Jansen as well. Any takeaways there, Derek? Love the Yoshida signing. I thought somebody was going to get a steal there. He, he's actually the highest paid player coming over from Japan, which shows you how good this guy could be. He He's kind of like Seiya Suzuki, walks a ton, ton of contact, like no strikeouts. But he's been one of the best uh, hitters in the area, and he's actually got some good power to him. I'm, I'm excited what he can bring to the table. 
I'm interested also by the Jansen signing. I think that uh, Jansen's not a great closer, but the Red Sox really don't have a great bullpen. So you inevitably would slip him right into that closer role. I think that that actually is a decent fit. How about this? The Tampa Bay Rays signing Zach Eflin to a three-year deal worth $40 million. Guess what, Derek? That is the biggest free agent contract in Rays history. That's unbelievable if that's the case. Now they have like re-signed guys like Wander Franco and Evan Longoria. So I guess I'll give him a tip of the cap there. But that's that's honestly a little bit embarrassing. A little bit. And, and Zach Eflin, you know what? Like he, he pitched okay in the playoffs. Uh, he's a solid guy. He's got good stuff, I would say. But I'm a little surprised that that is your guy to be, quote unquote, the signing in Rays history. It, it is a little, little shocking, surprising. Um, but it also is classic Tampa Bay Rays. How about this? The Chicago White Sox, they signed Mike Clevenger. Yeah, uh, bounce back candidate. He obviously last year had the first season off Tommy John. A lot of times it takes a full season for a player to get back from all that and look more like their normal self the year after. So I'm excited to see if that can be the case because I think there still is some some talent in there. It's not like he's an older guy. So um, I I like this. I, I think it's a kind of low uh, – or, or I don't know. It's a little bit of a high risk, like high reward type of thing. But I, I, I like this pickup for the White Sox on a short term deal. Just a couple of years ago, Clevenger was sought after by many teams. Now, all of a sudden, everybody looks down on him. I kind of agree with you. I think that there's still something left in the tank. I don't mind the signing there by the White Sox. How about the Guardians? They bring in Josh Bell, who was great in the first half with the Washington Nationals, but really just crashed and burned when he went to San Diego. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to expect here. Don't love this for like his fantasy value, for instance, because I don't view that as being like a, a hitter's park, but I think that's a good little pickup for the guardians. Gives them a switch hitter veteran presence with the team that was pretty young last season. I, I like the move. And, and I think honestly, they got a big discount because of the fact that he did struggle so much in the second half. He didn't get, I don't know. I, I didn't expect him to get like a hundred million, but I probably expected more than what he got. Yeah, I don't mind the signing. I, I agree with you on the fantasy value. I think that drops off a little bit. Um, he obviously doesn't have a lot of talent specifically going to be protecting him in the lineup. And if he couldn't do it in San Diego where there was more protection, then I, I don't know how to think about that in Cleveland. But, hey, you know what? Change of scenery can probably help him to some degree. And uh, the pressure, I would say, is a lot lower there than what it was even in San Diego. Because think about this. He had to come over with Juan Soto. So now all of a sudden it's kind of an underrated signing. Uh, a lot of people aren't really talking about it. Maybe Josh Bell returns to somewhat the form that we kind of saw from him in the first half. The Astros, man, they make another move. They sign Jose Abreu. What do you think about that one? Love it. Uh, he's has just great, you know, bat to ball contact skills. Uh, the power kind of dissipated last year, but I don't know what totally to think of that. If that was just a, an approach by him to kind of change it up, I think with. Houston's ballpark he's going to be able to, to kind of hit it into those Crawford boxes and in, in left field pretty well uh, I think he's one of those players that I view in like the same light as a Nelson Cruz where yeah he's a little bit older but I think he's going to keep hitting into his late seasons well I also have to say that this is just solidifying the Astros to win the division yet again I know they're losing Verlander we'll get to that in a sec but uh, the fact of the matter is Jose Abreu as you mentioned one of the best contact guys he's going to probably be in the six hole for them that lineup is just absolutely absurd but they're gonna have to face Jacob deGrom several times this year because Jacob deGrom as well as Andrew Heaney signing with the Texas Rangers how about that 
Yeah, I uh, love this for the Rangers. I mean, the thing, DeGrom is so insane. And I know a lot of people are like, well, that's a lot of money to pay a guy who's injured a lot. He had a season a couple of years ago where he only pitched like 90 innings and his war was still a five, which out of comparison, Carlos Rodon, who had his like career high for innings pitched last year and was fantastic and all-star, that was like his war last season. So even if he only goes like 100 innings, but he's still ridiculous, you're still going to get kind of the money's worth out of it. And if he does stay healthier than that, then it's going to be great. Now, maybe by the last year or two of the contract, it might not look great, but a lot of times that's kind of what you're doing with free agency. You're paying for the first two or three years of it. And then the last couple of years, that's kind of money that you invested from the top of it. So love this for the Rangers. They really needed starting pitching and, and adding Andrew Heaney to it as well is uh, super interesting. And Bruce Bochy trying to uh, turn things around for the Rangers. Rangers going to be interesting to watch, Derek. I, I might throw a little bet on them. We'll get to that uh, probably in the next year, but uh, kind of intriguing to see what they're doing right now. How about the Philadelphia Phillies? They signed Trey Turner to an 11-year deal worth $300 million. A lot of talk was that Trey Turner would potentially want to return back to the East Coast. He rejoins his former teammate Bryce Harper in Philadelphia, and the Phillies weren't done there. They also signed Taiwan Walker to a four-year deal worth $72 million, and they also added Matt Strom on as well. Derek, is this a push for the Phillies to return back to the World Series? Do they kind of see themselves now after this run as, hey, we can win the whole thing. We're, We're just a couple wins away from that. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, too, with the Mets, you you lose Jacob deGrom, although they bring back Justin Verlander. So it's like, hey, maybe we can gain a little bit there. But I don't know. This doesn't totally do it for me. I I don't love Taiwan Walker in that ballpark, and that's a lot of money to pay him. I do love the Trey Turner one. The Trey Turner one, seamless fit, because you have a team full of absolute power hitters, getting another guy who can get on base for you, steal bases, and provide more run production when you are hitting those home runs. That's going to be a fantastic fit for the Phillies. So I do think this makes them better, but like, let's not forget. I mean, they won, you know, in the mid eighties for games. And like, you're looking at the Braves at the top of the division as a hundred win team. Is this enough to make up that gap in the regular season? Probably not. So you're probably looking at them as being a wild card team again. Yeah. Either way, they'll be scary. That Trey Turner signing really helps at the top of the order. I'd be curious to see if the Phillies lead off hitter next year is Trey Turner, or if it's still Kyle Schwarber, my guess is it's going to be Trey Turner. That's just a hunch. I I think Trey Turner is now their leadoff hitter. I could be totally wrong, but uh, it makes sense now at this point in time. You talked about the Mets. Justin Verlander signs a two-year deal. Unbelievable AAV. He signs it for $86.66 million. They also add Jose Quintana onto the back end of that rotation. Uh, what, What does this move do? I mean, is this a good replacement for DeGrom? Yeah, I think that um, DeGrom, you're probably getting better ratios and whatnot, but I really like this for Verlander. You're in a pitcher's ballpark now, and you probably have more durability out of Verlander, even though he's you know a handful of years older. I really like this move. I I mean, Verlander, has, uh, he's almost like Nolan Ryan. Like He's going to continue to pitch into his 40s super well, so I think this is a good replacement for them. Um, Quintana had a really good finish to the year. I mean, he had a great full season, but it, with the Cardinals, he had like a 2 ERA. Um, I like both these moves for the team, and I think they're going to just kind of continue to to be a contender. Cubs fans, cover your ears because the Cardinals have signed Wilson Contreras to a five-year deal. This is a really great move, in my opinion, uh, replacing Yadier Molina, the legend, with arguably the best catcher in all of baseball. Uh, does this move, Derek, put the Cardinals potentially into a World Series contention? Uh, because that lineup just got a heck of a lot better all of a sudden. It really did. And as great as the legend and the career was for Yadier Molina, 
when you compare Yadier Molina, the 2022 version versus what Wilson Contreras should bring in 2023, you're adding a lot more to that lineup. And yeah, you, you do wonder about, well, Yachty was so good at handling pitchers and pitch framing, all that stuff. Wilson Contreras has a really good arm. He throws runners out at a high rate. Like he's still been pretty good at that stuff too. So uh, yeah, I, I really liked the Cardinals last year. And obviously they were the team that kind of ran into that Phillies buzzsaw in the first round of the playoffs. I, I see no reason why they shouldn't be a contender as well. Cubs fans, you can listen again because you do have a reigning MVP at one point in time. <laughs> Cody Bellinger. 2019 MVP is headed to Chicago on a one-year deal. They also signed Jamison Tyon to probably what I would say is the weirdest deal that we've seen so far this offseason. They signed him to a four-year deal. Derek, kind of between the two of these deals, break it down for me. What what are your thoughts on both? This feels like a kind of bad team overspending on some stuff. Like, I actually really liked the idea of Cody Bellinger joining a team who has a good lineup around him where he can really just emphasize the defensive side of it and just trying to, you know, bop 20 home runs or something. The problem is with the Cubs, the lineup's not very good. So it's harder to continue to, if he's going to be a guy who's hitting in the low two hundreds to, to emphasize that because you don't have the hitting to kind of make up for a possible hole in your lineup. And then Jamison Tyon coming in, like that just feels like the most Cubs signing of all time. Cause Tyon is like a fine, he's a solid starting pitcher, but like, I feel like that is their entire rotation. It's a bunch of guys who, could be solid starting pitchers with guys like Justin Steele. And I don't know what even to make of like Kyle Hendricks at this point, but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll wait and see. I I want to see if they make a big splash with a guy like Dansby Swanson or Xander Bogarts. Dansby Swanson rumored right now to be the forefront for the Cubs uh, as far as going out and signing him. We'll see if that is true, but $68 million to Jamison Tyon is just way too much of an overpay, if you ask me. I'm shocked by that move. Okay, with the Cubs signing Bellinger, I still feel like that's a decent fit uh, just because you get him on the one-year deal. If it doesn't work out, he's out the door. If he works out, who knows? What are the possibilities? You could trade him, maybe, if you're not good. If you're good, well, great. You got a good hitter, possibly, if he can turn it around there. Uh, The Pittsburgh Pirates, we're going to be really quick on this one, Derek. They signed Carlos Santana and Vince Velasquez. Typical Pirates things. Yes, absolutely. But hey, at least they're being active. They're making moves because there are other kind of bad teams like the Rockies and Royals who aren't doing anything. And, you know, at least be active. Try to make some moves. Maybe you can trade someone at the deadline or who knows. Yeah, why not? Why not take the flyer on a guy like Carlos Santana? So that's totally, totally fine with me. How about to your San Francisco Giants? They signed none other than a Cal Poly alum. He's a Cal Poly Hall of Famer as well. Shout out to my Central Coast people out here. Mitch Haniger. he signed a three-year deal, and that's worth $43.5 million. Do you like the move, Derek? I actually really like this move. It's, it's funny because you said, hey, we have a California native who grew up a Giants fan who's a right-handed power-hitting outfielder coming to the team. Like, oh, we got Aaron. No, just kidding. It's Mitch Haniger. So it is a little bit of a disappointment from that scope of looking at things. But I actually really like this fit coming in the offseason for them. Um, they needed right-handed power from the outfield specifically like you look at a lot of their outfield it's lefties like jock peterson mike yastrzemski lamont wade you needed a right-hander to balance it out so i actually really like this signing uh i i don't think we saw nearly what he was last season because of injuries he has had injury concerns throughout his career so that is a bit of a worry for me um but i i, I like it overall i i just hope it's not the big move of the offseason if it's a supplanting move love it if it's the big move meh He's a one year away or actually one year removed from 39 home runs and a hundred RBIs. I really like the move as well. And uh, you know, the giants need some sort of thump in that lineup. So 
I think for the Giants, that was a great signing. Maybe it's not Aaron Judge, but hey, you know what? Now they do have the funds, hopefully, that they'll actually go out and spend on somebody else. Maybe they'll go after, I don't know, Carlos Correa. And uh, one team that we are reportedly not going to see Correa sign with is the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers signing Clayton Kershaw to a one-year deal worth $20 million. And how about this? Signing the legend out of Abilene, Texas, Shelby Miller. (laughs) yeah how about that one Uh, i mean hey if you're gonna have a reclamation project like dodgers are one of the handful of teams who you always circle when that comes up so i I wouldn't uh discount it that they can turn him into something interesting but yeah obviously the big one is is clayton kershaw coming back well there there are still free agents that have yet to be signed we'll be quick on this segment but how about being drunk you always say things (laughs) you don't think about right all the time and so drunk thoughts unlikely sometimes they are likely sometimes things happen that you kind of speak into existence because you know what they say when you're drunk Derek you tell the truth so what we're going to do really quickly we're going to choose just a couple players each one of us back and forth and we're going to quickly say as this player if we're at the bar and we have to say in unison we are blank at the bar and we have a lot to drink where are we signing this is our response okay so I'm going to start it off with Matt Carpenter so what up fellas My name is Matt Carpenter, and I'm going to sign with the Texas Rangers because even though they didn't believe me at the start, I'm still a horn frog for life. I still can hit bombs. They need home runs. Why don't I end up back in Texas? Mm -hmm. Okay, I am Luke Voigt, and I would like to sign with the Cincinnati Reds because, um, you know, I got some people mad at me when I was on the Padres, and and now I can make friends with the people who hated me. And that's what this is all about. Hashtag love. Also, it's a good ballpark for, for hitters. So I can hit a bunch of taters. There would be a lot of taters there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Boy, would go to Detroit at that point in time. Uh, what up, fellas? My name is Justin Turner. And I am signing with the Baltimore Orioles. Because the Dodgers mm. don't want to sign me. But the Orioles want a veteran piece. They need somebody to lead us. We need somebody that is going to ultimately help try and at least groom Gunnar Henderson, groom some of the younger pieces like even Adley Rutschman. We need a veteran piece. Why can't I be it? Okay, well, I am Trey Mancini, and I am a hometown hero to Baltimore, so I'm just going to go back home. Coming home, got some prospects for my team. I'm going to add to it. Uh, The fans love me there, and, you know, I do have some question about do the – Orioles have too many like corner bats and is it going to be tough for me to get as much playing time as I want but I don't care we're going to make it work I'm the hero I'm coming home I think Justin Turner and Trey Mancini just ran into each other at the bar uh (laughs) Andrew Benatendi hello my name is Andrew and well you know the Yankees are talking about me there's teams out there that could really use my services but there's one particular team that just lost a former MVP in center field I could really play a difference you know I'm good for the big lights I I proved in New York I can actually do it a little bit I'm gonna go to the Dodgers I think I think I'm gonna sign with the Dodgers okay well I am Brandon Drury and uh, I hate my last name because that does not describe who I am (laughs) but um, I'm gonna go to Colorado because I got hurt when I got traded and I wasn't in a hitter's park. So now I'm going to go to the ultimate hitter's park in Colorado. And, you know, they, they haven't done really anything in the postseason or in the uh, offseason. Not a lot of people are signing up to sign there. So maybe they'll overpay me. 
Wow. Well, me as AJ Pollock, I just rolled up to the bar. And to be honest with you, I don't really know where I'm going to end up. And, uh, you know, Byron Buxton keeps getting hurt all the time. That Twins offense, they can't seem to get really anything consistently going on in the outfield. So why don't I just hop on in? Because the White Sox clearly didn't appreciate me enough. The Dodgers just cast me away for Craig Kimbrell. I, I just need to go to a place where, the, you know, the, the actual atmosphere, it's not a lot of pressure. I could just do my job and maybe give Byron Buxton a chance to at least DH a couple times. I, I feel like maybe going to the Twins, that's my role. Hmm. Well, I am Andrew McCutcheon, and, you know, I am going to go to the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I don't know. I just like bouncing around to different teams, and uh, they probably don't want to pay too much, but I'm not going to command too much money, and I want to go help a team that uh, could be playoff good. I can be kind of a a nice platoon player against lefties, and uh, they like to do that. My name is Noah Syndergaard, and – I want to stay as far away from Alex Cooper as possible. I just want to go back to the Angels, to be honest. It was so fun. Why did they dish me off? You know, that Phillies run was fine, but ultimately I just want to be on the beach. I just want to see the women. I just want to hang out. Send me back to the Angels. All right. Well, I am Michael Walker, and I am going to sign in San Diego. It's beautiful weather. It is a beautiful place. They could use a pitching replacement. They lost Mike Clevenger. Clearly they got a lot of money. They're throwing it around at every big name out there, and they're going to win a lot of games. It's a good pitching park. Perfect fit all around. We're the closers. They're, we're the ones that are going to close the bar, and it's going to start with me. Hi, everybody. My name is Michael Fulmer, and some of you may not know of me as a closer, but I promise you I can do it, and I'm going to do it with the Chicago Cubs because they aimlessly are spending money. They're going to come at me and say, hey, do you want to be our closer? Do you want to be our setup man? I'm going to say, I just want to be your closer, and they're going to sign me, and they're going to sign me to too much money probably more than I deserve. All right, I'll finish it out. I am Taylor Rogers. I am the brother of San Francisco Giants pitcher Tyler Rogers, and I want to go pitch with my brother. I'm going to go to the Giants. They actually could use bullpen help. Works out perfectly. Wow, that was beautiful. All right, the bar is closed. We're kicking every one of these drunk drunk baseball players out. Go sign somewhere else. All right, that was fun. Uh, Derek, before we get this thing done here, we do have to address our off-season free agent beer pong right now. Just to say the least, you and I are not doing particularly well so far. So both of us, as of right now, we are two and six. I'm going to go quickly through this here. Aaron Judge, you got it right. I got it wrong. You picked him to go to the Yankees. He does re-sign with the Yankees. I picked him to go to the Giants. We both got Trey Turner right. We both picked the Phillies. He ends up going to the Phillies. We both got Wilson Contreras wrong. He goes to the Cardinals. We assumed he would re-sign with the Cubs. For Jose Abreu, we got that wrong as well. I picked the Mets to be the final destination. You picked the Padres. He goes to the Astros. Now, Jacob DeGrom, you got it wrong. You picked the Mets to re-sign him. I picked the Rangers. I got that right. So that got me back in the thick of things here. We both got Justin Verlander wrong. I thought he was going to re-sign with the Astros. You picked the Dodgers. He goes to the Mets. Zach Eflin, we were very off. I picked the Cardinals. You picked the Royals. He decided to go to the place that would sign him for the most in their franchise's history the Tampa Bay Rays. Kenley Jansen, we were both wrong. I picked the Dodgers. You picked the Rangers. He goes to the Red Sox. And then I got one more wrong here because Josh Bell was my added free agent. So I picked him to go to the Astros. Instead, he goes to the Guardians. Remember in that one, you picked Brandon Nimmo to sign with the Giants. We'll see if that still happens. So with that being said, Derek, really quickly, because we have to add cups now, where is Brandon Drury going on the count of three? One, two, three. Where's he going? Rockies. I'm going to say the Dodgers. I think there's a good fit there. 
Uh, the Rockies, that's a great fit. I like the fact that you picked that one because he could mash in that ballpark. All right, another one. Trey Mancini, where does he go? Oh, oh gosh, this one's hard. Um, I don't know. I'll do something completely random. Marlins. <laughs> the Miami Marlins for Trey Mancini. I'm going to go I, – I honestly, I see him reconvening like you had mentioned with the Orioles – I'm just going to go with the Orioles. I, I see a fit there still. I think that, uh, you know, they get their piece for him and uh, they move on from there. All right, the last one, Taylor Rogers. Where does he go? I, I really will go with the Giants. I actually do think they really have a need there. Uh, it fits, and that would be cool to see the brothers reunite. I'm actually going to say the Dodgers. They need another reliever. Um, they're kind of hard to figure out as far as what direction they're going, but they don't have a lot of dominant relievers from the left-handed side, so – Hey, why not? Let's just uh, throw the Dodgers out for both Drury and Rogers as well. All right, before we go, Derek, I got to mention in our last call here, this is totally random, out of the blue, but the most expensive bottle of wine created by Alexander Amoso, or Amosu, is called Taste of Diamonds. 2013 is the year. It's worth $1.8 million. So it contains Pinot Noir, Pinot Noir, and also... uh, I believe there's Chardonnay involved in it too. Um, a lot of people saying that the price for the wine's not actually for the wine, but the bottle itself. So my question to you is this, $720,000 is the MLB minimum this year. It's going up from 20,000 from last year. It'll continue to increase year in, year out from that. Is it fair considering that this bottle is worth more than an MLB player? Yes or no and why? Oh, no, I think that's how we should base what the minimum is in all sports, right? We should we should pick something like this, like uh, an inanimate object. You know, <laughs> what is the average housing price in X city? What is a bottle of wine? What is the most expensive, whatever? And if it's not above that, then then we got to get it up. I think even if I had like five hundred million dollars, I would still hate myself if I bought this one point eight million dollar bottle of wine like that's just absolutely ridiculous i i can go down to the grocery store and get one for like 10 bucks and i'm perfectly satisfied but anyways that's beside the point i agree with you derek and on behalf of derek johnson i'm dusty baker thanks again for pulling up a bar stool and hanging with us thank you ronnie bedrosian for joining us let's grab a drink again in two weeks we will talk to you then cheers